Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood hey hey low country welcome to another great saturday morning here on beyond the business heard exclusively on 94.3 wsc i'm one of your hosts eric cox and Back, I'm, finally. I know, I know, I, I, and I'm Leslie Haywood. I'm surprised you remember who I am. We, I am too. We missed you dearly. Oh, thank you. Byron did a great job. Good. Over the last couple of weeks, but it's a pleasure to have you back in the studio with us and hopefully... Uh, you enjoyed that very long spring break that you took. I know. Oh, my gosh. We went to Nashville. Music City. I got I my it. cowboy boots on today. See, yeah, you, it, you noticed? It, I'm feeling I'm feeling Nashville today. You're having it was a good awesome. day. I brought you a bottle of bubbly this morning to I celebrate uh, your anniversary. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Our anniversary was Thursday. So Jason and I, on. 22 years. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. We'll be sitting here in 22 years. We're not talking about this show, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Something I, like that. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, we're almost four years in on the show, so it's oh pretty amazing. Um, and we just appreciate our loyal listeners for tuning the dial again to listen to us. And sometimes you might miss a show here on a Saturday morning. And if you do, don't fret. You can go to the website at coastalwm.com. Click on the radio podcast icon, and you can listen to all our great shows and great entrepreneurs and words of wisdom that we've had over the last four years i know i'm surprised we can still get guests i think that like we've had so many guests that come and you know they tell us their stories about hitting rock bottom and it's kind of more like therapy i heard through the grapevine that last week's show was one of those where um there was real trials and tribulations so tell me about it another great show they just keep coming Uh, amir golestan uh who was with us last week he is the ceo and founder of mike foe And just an amazing story of sort of self-reliance, as he put it, where he started uh, at 15 years old, basically hosting uh, his own uh, website business and uh, hosting business uh, in Iran as a young boy. Family ended up moving uh, to Dubai and just how he grew that ended up in the United States, um, how he found a shift, a paradigm shift, I guess you would say, in his business when he went from working with individuals and small businesses to um, really the enterprise customer and how that just changed everything for them. But then at the same time, he had three rock bottom experiences and he described in detail uh, between 2004 and 2007 and again in 2013 how he hit bottom, but he got back up quicker, how he built cash reserves and how he learned to diversify your customer base. And so if you want another great story of, again, those sound like great lessons, right? Lessons in life and doing the fight, go to the website, coastalwm.com, click on radio podcast and listen to Amir's uh, show. I know. So. I'm excited about today. I'm glad to be back in the saddle. See more, you know, Nashville horse references. Ha, that was good. Yeah, na- yeah. Back in the saddle here. Particularly for early. That's, that's, I know. yeah. God, Witty of you. I know. I got my coffee's working. Woo! Well, hopefully. Who do we have today? We have Peter ready to work. 
We have Peter Viva, who is licensed partner with Engel and Volkers. Peter, welcome to the studio this morning. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, my name is Peter Viva, and um, I'm new to the Charleston area. We lived in Savannah for the last five years, and finally have the opportunity to see and live and uh, grow in the Charleston area. So thank you very much for having me. Well, we hear the Savannah accent. I know. I was going to say the Savannah accent is thick. Very thick. So So, we'll have to talk about that. We're going to dive into that one, I think, a little bit deeper. So before we go into your backdrop real quick, uh, a quick 20-second commercial, just so people who are tuned in this morning uh, realize and know a little bit about Engel and Volkers. Engel & Volkers is an international luxury real estate company. We have uh, four um, divisions, one being the luxury real estate, commercial, yachting, and aviation division. We're focusing on the uh, luxury market, but uh, not to say that we're not going to be selling on the lower end as well. We believe that every home is a mansion, and we're providing luxury service to all our clients. So if you're listening this morning and wow. you got plane to sell this exactly. might be a good show for you yeah, yeah. boats aviation that, that's yeah one-stop shop for all of your richy rich needs i, like I think it. i need a, a good plane. way to start a saturday yes so. <laughs> i need a new g6 you need, yeah you do you do Fly. so as we traditionally do peter um we obviously are going to get to your business model today and what makes you successful and all that great stuff but we love to go back into history sure and talk about where all this began so uh give our listeners a little insight to your upbringing, where were you born, and what was the early uh, moments of your life like? Yeah, where's the accent come from? Savannah, downtown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I was born in Russia. Uh, my parents were um, German descent that ended up uh, back 200 years ago, um, the, the Tsar of Russia. Um, had the opportunity for a lot of the German uh, people to relocate to the uh, Russian borders to, support, to protect the borders. So... My mom's family ended up in Russia that way. My father's family ended up uh, through World War II. Uh, as the Russians were moving in into Germany, um, they packed up lots of families into wagons and just uh, took them back to the Gulag, to the Siberia, in a working camp. So um, my father's family ended up in, in Siberia until uh, 55 when they were released by, after... Um, Khrushchev uh, took over. So um, we in, my, my family ended up in, in Russia. Um, I was born in 67 um, to both German descendant in Russia. Um, didn't speak any German at that point. My father and my mother did. Um, um, so grew up in, uh, in, in Russia. And do you have any siblings? Um, I do have uh, one brother that was born in Russia as well. Um, he, he passed away a couple of years ago, um, so I did have a brother. I do have a, a brother and sister that were born in Germany. Um, so they still live in Germany. My mother still lives in Germany, so I get to visit them uh, once a year uh, and just, just kind of practice my German language again. Because if you don't use it, you kind of lose it. Right. Is any, and I, I'm, no, I'm jumping in there, but this is just so fascinating. Is anyone still in Russia? Any of your family? Um, my uh, um, grandma is still in, well, uh, my grandma's uh, family is still in in Germany. My uncle's uh, in, in Russia, I'm sorry. But uh, most of the family just uh, transferred from Russia into Germany in the last 15 years. So as a youngster, what was it like growing up in Germany? What was schooling like and friendship and all that? Well, let's let's go back to Russia. I lived about uh, 10 years in, in Russia. So okay. uh, um, we uh, um, I was born in the Ural um, area. It's uh, south, south of Moscow, a little bit of a rural area. 
So when I was three years old, the family relocated or located into Estonia area, which is close to Finland. Uh, so it was a little bit better area, but still a Russian territory. Um, spoke Russian, um, learned a little bit Estonian. Uh, so it, it, it was kind of interesting time. A lot of the memories from Estonia is uh, how we went to school, how the uh, Russian regime was uh, influencing the schools and so so when I was 10 years old, my uh, father always had the desire to go back to Germany because that's where his heritage was. Um, he put in several applications with the government that we wanted to leave Russia and uh, go back to, uh, to the fatherland, so to say. One day he had the approval, he can leave. We had 48 hours to get out. So anything that we had, we had to leave behind. We just uh, bought a plane ticket, got on the plane, and whatever we could carry uh, on the plane, um, that's what we left wow. Russia with. Had to start all over in Germany. Um, arrived in Germany, didn't speak the language, uh, a German language, only Russian. And obviously, th- this is the communist side of Germany? No, that was then? actually East, uh, West Germany that we moved into. Okay. Yeah, we flew into Frankfurt. Uh, um, that was still East and West Germany right. at that point. So. We uh, uh, flew into Frankfurt, um, West Germany, relocated. So we went through a refugee camp like everybody else uh, did. It was not the situation that we have right now with all the refugees out of Syria. It was mostly people that were uh, politically um, expelled from the countries that trying to uh, find asylum in, in Germany. So we met great people that were supporting us in, in Germany and tried to help us to have a new start. So we have a very good friend still in in Germany that were supporting us uh, from that beginning and uh, still maintaining those friendships. But getting into Germany, starting school all over, uh, not knowing the language, um, it was very hard for me to... Uh, tried to keep up with uh, with the uh, language and tried to keep up with schooling. So it took me about a year to get up to speed. Um, um, and um, yeah, now I'm speaking two languages, Russian and German, and, well, English as well. So. That's right. You've had your, right. your third. So as you are a child going through this, right, and, and you're growing up, you've, you've been in Russia, you go to Germany, you got a lot on your plate, a lot of adaption. Mm-hmm. Were you at all thinking about your future? What was sort of the the culture around you that was provoking mindset into what you might do when you grew up one day? Well, when we were living in in Russia and uh, um, there was a lot of prejudice uh, after World War II because what the Germans done in Russia. So we were always the uh, fascists in in, uh, Russia. So getting away from Russia into Germany, we felt relief of that kind of um, pressure being on us. being in Germany, starting all over again, we've kind of seen the opportunities and the uh, better life, uh, the free life that we were offered in the uh, Western Germany. Um, so growing up, I was starting in the fourth grade, uh, just kind of trying to get my uh, feet on the ground and made, making friendships with uh, with fellow classmates. It was a great experience. Everybody was supportive. Everybody was helpful. Um, we, we had uh, great uh, uh, friendships that we developed through that. And uh, thinking of the future, I had no thoughts what I wanted to do. Um, I was just, what am I going to do now? Uh, yeah. what right. 
Now, what were your parents do? What line of work did they fall into when they got over to Germany into the land of opportunity? So what did, how did that unfold? My, my father was always a hard worker. He was in the construction business. Uh, so um, he always was a skilled trade. My mother was uh, um, a homemaker. Mm-hmm. So she was taking care of us there. They had two more children in Germany, so she was busy with that. And she was working in, as a part-time help in uh, in some offices uh, that she was working with. So growing up, I was always contributing in uh, helping with with the little ones. Uh, right? <laughs> Are you the oldest? I the oldest now. I had the older brother okay, that uh, so passed you, away, but uh, he was a little bit more outgoing, more um, jump, social, social, jumping around the community, and I was more at home and helping and uh, uh, contributing. So, um, in when we were in Germany, after three years uh, being in Germany, my father decided he wanted to build a house. So. German houses are a little bit different. They are built all from brick, all from stone. Uh, so we, it took us about two years uh, building a house all within our family. It was a two-story house that we built. And the it, family built a house. Yeah, it was, it was his dream. So, How neat is that? Oh, my gosh. All right, I got word to do this weekend. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's Get a, on that's it. That's a whole new honey-do list. Uh, so, <laughs> Go build me a house, Eric. <laughs> so, Peter, um, I, I know you ended up... Uh, Going into uh, a skilled trade yourself, you end up working in a foundry and kind of quickly found yourself moving up the, the ladder there in management. Talk about that experience. Well, I had opportunities um, to go to college, but that was not my interest. I wanted to uh, get in skilled trades. I wanted to follow my father's uh, footstep uh, and uh, become a more hands-on um, builder. So uh, the opportunity became, and that it's the normal path in Germany is uh, you, when you finish high school, you either go to college, you either go to uh, um, engineering school, or you go to into skilled trades. So I decided the third path and just went into skilled trades. I thought uh, a three-year program will get me on the right track to learn a skill and um, continue my life uh, style from there. So uh, I've uh, applied at the foundry being a carpenter, um, building patterns. Uh, um, so the, the process in uh, cast iron is you build a pattern, you make it a form in sand, you put uh, pour iron into it, break the sand loose, and now it becomes a casting that you can machine into something else, engine block or whatever. Oh. So that kind of work I was doing, and after my... Uh, 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 Finishing my apprenticeship, I became a journeyman and worked for another seven years for that company in uh, in that various position. So I was growing from being a journeyman into management, um, having uh, my own department that I was leading um, several people. Um, the opportunity became when American company bought our German company and they kind of wanted to expand into the uh, European market. Mm. They uh, offered me... Um, exchange program where I can come to United States, work for six months or three years, uh, depending how I liked it. And uh, the idea was that we, uh, the both companies get a better uh, communication between the two plants and uh, grow the, each other's business better. So I came over to United States and uh, um, for six months, I liked it so much uh, that I decided I'm going to stay three years. Uh, met my wife uh, in uh, 
Indiana. And uh, is that where you moved to? <laughs> yeah, the company was in uh, Auburn, Indiana. That's about eighteen. So he got a real <laughs> Middle America wow. experience coming from Russia yes. slash Germany. Yeah. So tell me, how old were you at this point, and what what uh, year was it? So we can kind of get a reference point. It was in ninety six. I was uh, twenty six years old at that time. So still young, still you know naive and. Uh, um, I thought I can speak the English language. I came over here because uh, the English language is taught as a second language in, in Germany. So I was uh, came over here and I thought I knew it all. I thought <laughs> I, I can do Most it all. Most 26-year-olds <laughs> think that. Yeah. So that threw me into this uh, uh, department with uh, 13 uh, rednecks or hillbillies, what do you want to say? <laughs> and they tore me apart. Oh, oh, they were not God. kind. They were kind, oh. but they're making fun of me because my language wasn't there. They uh, some <laughs> technical language I didn't have, so they're making fun that oh, way. <laughs> well, at least they were kind about it. At least they were nice. But they were a great group of people, oh. very, very down to earth. So they gave me uh, the opportunity to learn and to learn quick. Uh, so I'm, I'm saying, tore me apart in a kind way oh. because they were. Uh, meant well yes. with me and uh, they uh, uh, gave me uh, the opportunity to connect with them, to learn from them. And the only way you can learn, the best way you can learn when, that you emerge yourself in that culture. And that's, that's what I did. Um, I had great uh, people that I met there, great conversations. Uh, some of them, you know, at my expense, but <laughs> <laughs> you end up pursuing some education then while you were in Indiana. Right. Um, I decided I uh, wanted to, uh, um, move up the ladder in the management and the only way i can move up is uh getting a master's degree so i signed up for uh, some evening classes while i was working um so finished up my uh, undergrad then finished up my uh, master's degree and big part of the support was my wife um I, I signed up before i met her i signed up for some classes in the local college and taking one or two credit hours or classes Per semester, so it would have taken me about twenty years to get my uh, <laughs> bachelor's degree. <laughs> Us women don't like to wait that long. <laughs> no, nope, and she didn't. And she didn't. Uh, so she suggested that uh, we get some uh, accelerated programs, and it was you know a two-year program that I went into. Uh, she supported me all the way. I had all the time to study and uh, take the classes. Um, was relieved, you know, from uh, most of the uh, family functions because I, I needed to study. I needed to put my focus on it. And she was very supportive, very understanding. So I really, really uh, appreciate that she gave me that support. And then you went into management for that company? So um, I, I was already in management years? in the lower level management. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to go into engineering because my background was in engineering. So I had the um, engineering uh, department that I was leading um, in the some skilled trades as well. And in the uh, um, end of the, the uh, 95, 98, the casting business was very competitive. A lot of China market was uh, moving in. A lot of China um, castings were competing with our local uh, businesses. So a lot of the foundries were closing down because they just couldn't compete on the prices. Um, a lot of um, automotive uh, manufacturers that we were suppliers to, they would uh, decide for just a penny on the pound to move the business uh, elsewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were losing a lot of contracts. I uh, 
one company that I was working for that I came for from Germany, they were on the verge to close down. So I moved to another company that closed down about uh, in a year. So I thought enough is enough. Uh, in 2002, I decided, you know, it's time to get out of the casting business. Oh, wow. So I took a sales position and got into the real estate. Uh, my wife and I, we decided to uh, uh, flip some houses and... Um, Kinda. That's quite a jump. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Let's flip some houses. Construction was always my passion yeah. uh, be, because of my father's uh, background. And, and uh, hey, you built a house, so yeah, why yeah. not? So kind of knew what I was doing. Um, uh, we bought some houses. We uh, uh, rehabbed the houses and uh, had a, a model, I thought, that was very appealing to to, to people, uh, people that would lose houses that need to rebuild their, their credit but don't want to live in uh, apartment houses. We wanted to offer them the opportunity to move into our houses, rebuild them their credit, and when they're ready to refinance, refinance those houses and uh, just pay us out, uh, calling it land contract or reverse mortgages. Sure. Now, is this in... Are you That's, still in Indiana? Yeah, at this still point? in Indiana, yeah. And so this this for our show is a pivotal moment because we talk about the fact of you are in industry, you're working for companies, obviously external factors happen that changes the world, and then you take a leap into the world of entrepreneurship. Did you see that as an entrepreneurial move? Going to start your own business? Did it feel like that at that moment, or was this more of a slow tide? You know, the pivotal move went, uh, came about when I went for my master's degree. And um, a lot of the master's uh, programs that um, I was going through was teaching about business, was teaching about the economy, and just kind of made the shift in me from being a hands-on guy, just kind of working the numbers and making the business work uh, for me. Um, part of my... Um, program part of my uh, final study for the master's program was to generate the business uh, what it's called generate the business model of what the uh, uh, business is going to be so um, it was a 60 page uh Business plan? Business plan. Thank you. Could think of that. Yeah, word. no, that's, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. So it all was describing how we would get these houses, how we would rehab these houses, how we were going to put the technology into it. And Indiana at that point was a, a pretty rural state. Uh, um, granted, there are a lot of um, automotive uh, companies in Detroit, but they were about three hours away. Sure. Indiana is known for, you know, the, the corn and uh, uh, nothing else, Indy 500. Right. I'm so. surprised that this, you know, the, you decided this real estate venture in Indiana, right. middle America. So we learned a lot of things uh, along the way, but uh, that, that switch going from the hands-on into going into the uh, entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. that's that's what happened during those uh, two years programming. I got really interested in uh, in, in business, um, how to be entrepreneur, how to build businesses. Um, so, so when you look back over that journey, uh, what would you say maybe was a, a key learning factor that you took away from your time as a journeyman and, and in management in the steel industry, casting industry, that you took with you into entrepreneurship? 
I think the biggest thing that I took uh, with me was uh, hard work will pay off. Um, work hard, be honest, and uh, uh, serve other people. Uh, more people you can serve, uh, more su- successful you can be. Um, some of the books that I was reading, it was talking about uh, serving people. Uh, if you serve just one person, that gives you only one point of return. If you serve more more people tenfold, that return will come back to you tenfold. Do you remember the name of the book, by the way? <laughs> Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay, oh, yeah. Right, yeah. right. Good no, that's, yeah. a, that's a big one. So at this point, um, oh, are we... <laughs> That was me messing up. <laughs> Sorry, Blaze. It was my fault. I didn't mean to scare, but we're two minutes left. Oh, okay. I just want you to know. We got okay. two minutes in this oh, segment. Well, so, okay. how, hold, where, where do you want to go with this? Um, See, time goes by goes so by fast. fast then. Oh, yeah. We got it. We're crazy. About, we oh, yeah. got to wrap it up. <laughs> so, why don't we? Um, I mean, you started your company, uh, you started buying homes, you're building that, that portfolio. I'm trying to think where would be a good place to leave that to come back for next week to pick up. Uh, is there a pivotal moment in any of that transition? Well, let's let's say when we started the company and in went Indiana in, in Indiana and one uh, went into the real estate and then the recession hit. Oh, so that would be a good place for next week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just talk about um, the the home again investments. How how, how far that grew until the the real estate. Correct. Boom of, or right boom until they bubble yeah. burst. Yeah. Um, and you started this when? When did you really start doing all that? Uh, Two thousand and four. Two four. Okay. Yeah, Two thousand and four when okay. we started. Let's think. We just a a one question on something about it doing this, and then we can leave a nugget about. Then away it came. We'll talk about it next okay. time. How's that? Ready. Oh, all right. So, Peter, you are growing this business and it is going like gangbusters and you're enjoying the fruits of your labor. What it's oh four ish. And and how do things progress? Well, we started uh, ramping up the business in oh four. We uh, had great uh, financing institutions that were financing the business. We would buy two or three houses at the time. We would uh, rehab them with uh, investments money. We would resell them. Um to two people, and uh, it went to where we were working on five or six projects at the time and uh, building the business pretty quickly. Life then, was good. It was good. It was good. We had the inventory that we were supporting, uh, and then 2008 hit, and the bubble burst, and all the prices went down, and uh, we were struggling uh, how to continue with uh, with the company. Well, I'm sure, as we've had from a lot of our entrepreneurs on this show, that was a pivotal moment, not just in your business, but in your life. Mm-hmm. It was. It and was. as it always seems to happen, we are out of time. Oh my so God. to hear the rest of that story, we have to come back next Saturday morning to uh, listen to Beyond the Business. So, Peter, thank you again this morning for sharing the first half of your story. And we certainly look forward to hearing the rest of the story uh, next week yes make sure and follow us at facebook on our facebook page and also on twitter at btbchs and again low country thank you for listening to another edition of beyond the business heard exclusively here on 94.3 wsc today's guest mr peter peter viva who's a licensed partner with engel and volkers will be back next saturday morning for the rest of the story and until then 
Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.